0: everyone welcome to episode 89 of the game explain real talk podcast as always i'm your host derek bittner and i'm joined this week by both andre seekers and ash paulson we actually have all three of us here which is actually kind of a surprise on ash's part because you've been uh, dealing with conflu ever since getting back from magfest
1: yeah i uh, i had a kind of a rough week i i just got it all i had like a sore throat i was you know i had cold sweats um, I, I was running a fever for the, like the first day or so you Horrible know, diarrhea all that. Uh, all that, that too even, yeah, I wasn't going to go there But sure want to that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so hey, you know on Hey, ask, this is I'm real talk <laughs> Yeah, it's real talk, but no um, You're talking, Don't always hear what you want to hear in this Exactly But uh, no, it's been a pretty rough week And i uh, just been getting as much rest as I can But I wouldn't trade it for the world MAGFest was amazing uh, it's only my second year. I wish it was my 12th, just because of all the conventions I've been to all over the years. MAGFest is, like, but far and away the best. It's not even close. Um, yeah, I would do it all over again, even knowing I was going to get sick. I had the time of my life. Um, I even did something that was probably one of the coolest things I've done in my entire life, uh, which was I got to see Jun Senua perform uh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 music live with just a, a whole room of screaming you know, video game music fans, which was awesome. So... I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved it, and I'm looking forward to going again next year, even if I get sick again. So it was amazing. I have nothing but awesome things to say about MAG. I'm in love with it. Yes, I can't That's pay.
2: a ringing endorsement. I would love to see like your review blurb. Like, worth the diarrhea. <laughs> totally. We're, that's it. We're, that's the, the back-of-the-box quote. That, that's for the Game of the Year edition of MAG. Is worth the diarrhea. No, I mean, that, that sounds awesome, man. Like, that sounds... I mean, yeah, the fact that it, it, it... You're saying it's way better than any convention you've been to, right? That is... Yeah, I
1: mean, it's a, its like I love PAX Prime and I mean or PAX West, which is and it's awesome. But in terms of my own personal interest, Mag is just four days of just pure games and celebrating video game music, and that's mm-hmm. like totally my thing. So, and it, there's also like a 24-hour arcade that's just you know, it's got so many games from every generation that they're all on free play for four days straight. So you can just go into the arcade, play some games, go back out, listen to some music. It's oh it's great. I love it. The, and the
2: show it's itself awesome. isn't twenty four hours twenty four seven, right? It is. Just the arcade. No, it is. It is. The show well, is. That's one of the oh, things I awesome. love about it. And, and
1: we stayed in the hotel where it's uh where it's held. It's called the Gaylord National Convention Center or whatever. So we stayed there and so you can just go up to your room and you go down and you are in the convention and people are doing things twenty four seven. And it's just it's like ah. a four day party and you can just come in and out as, as you wish. It's awesome.
0: I'm amazed you actually got a room at the Gaylord. We are too. We
1: actually, we didn't until the day of the show, and then um, my wife, being as studious as she usually is, she just checked one more time when we got into the airport uh, at Maryland, and she's like, you know what? There are rooms that just went available, and we think that some people just canceled last minute, so we jumped on one, and she, she jumped on one and got it, and so we stayed in the Gaylord, and that was that that's the one thing about mag that i hope they improve in the future is getting a hotel room is just an absolute nightmare it's ridiculous and even if you're ready at go time and you're ready to, to pre-order a room from the room block you won't even get in which is what happened to us mm-hmm. so i do hope they improve that aspect in the future but in terms of actually going i there's like nothing that would stop me from going to Magwest or mag Fest next year it's just fantastic
0: it's really funny that you like you tr- tr- uh, flew cross country to go to that when I can easily just drive down. <laughs> I have not I gone to Magfest ever.
1: <laughs> I know, and and, and actually um, there are quite a few fans at uh, Magfest who know that Derek and her are, are a little sad that you haven't taken the time to go yet because they they want to see us there. And I said, well, I said you're not going to see him here at least, at least not this year. I don't know about future years, but you will probably see him at TMG. And, uh, you know, because you usually go to too many games. So yeah. I, I've been telling fans that you'll probably show up at TMG next year or this year, I should say. Um, but no, we had quite a few people asking, like, hey, you know, Derek lives close. Why doesn't he come? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I guess just because he hates video game music or something. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but, I think uh, the other issue
0: no. is it's like a, the, it's a weird placement, like so soon after the new year. and It is. I, I, I guess it's it should be open wide open as far as being able to get down there, but I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, I just never think about it. Plus, um, as I'm sure you realize, it's, it was freaking cold that week.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. It was awesome. It was like 15 degrees out or something. It was great. It was, mm, mm. I mean, I was, that was actually one thing that was worse than, than, than my first year, because the first year, it was all in the middle. Of, we had like snow flurries every day. And it was amazing. This year, we had the, like snow on the first day we got in, and then the entire rest of the time was just sun. And like, Well, it was windy, and you know, that's cool, but it was just sunshine. I'm like, wait, no, I want snow, guys. Come on.
0: <laughs> uh, no, thanks. I might try to go <laughs> next year. Uh, that'd be fun to do just because I've heard so many good things about it. And the fact that I like the idea that it's just do what you want. Go down there. Go at your own pace. You don't need to worry about anything else. And if, hey, you feel like doing this at this time, go for it.
2: Yeah. That sounds yeah, that sounds way more chill than Pax for instance. Definitely. Where, like modern day Pax I feel like kind of sucks compared to how it used to be before yeah. it blew up because you everything is so scheduled now. Like if you want to go see a particular panel, you better make sure you're in line well before it starts. You know unless it is, one no one cares about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's I, I I so I do I appreciate that about Megfest then because yeah, I feel like Pax what it is now isn't what it used to be. Yeah, I mean, there is still a schedule, of course, and if you, you
1: know, if you want to do things, you got to be there on time for them, but you have a lot more time to do things because it's a 24-7 show, and I, I always say the problem with MAG, if anything, is that there's too much to do. Like, even with four full days and so many different things on the program, I still felt like I was being pulled in too many directions because there were so many things I actually did want to do at any given hour. I, I wasn't trying to, like, look for things to do. I'm like... Oh my God! All these panels are things I care about. I want to go to the arcade. I want to go to the, the chip space and just listen to music. I want to do this and this. There's so many fun things to do there. So no,
2: the most important question though is Ash: Did the arcade have
1: Killer Queen? It did. All oh, right. Wow. Well, well, that's did have Killer Queen. <laughs> it also had the right uh, X Men six player cabinet, and nice. uh, it had uh, like an Outrun. It had an Outrun machine. It had like such great games from every generation, and things you don't expect to see either like really really rare stuff so yeah if you guys can go i think we'd have the greatest time like the just all going together and having a great time okay two more things did they have pac-man battle royale that i don't think they did i wish they did but no that was <laughs> not in the arcade okay could you drink in the arcade yes all right, is okay. I, I'll, <laughs> Although, I'll, I'll make it, you I'll, just I'll sold
0: Andre on
3: then. MagFest.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, it's the same as any other show where you wouldn't want to drink in the hotel because it's more expensive. So you just take a lift, like a little bit, you know, stock up on whatever, and then you just pregame in the room and you go. But like, you
2: can but you can buy drinks
1: there still. Oh, y- you can buy drinks there, but oh, yeah, they'll be overpriced. The thing about going into the arcade is you still have to do it discreetly, like', you'll, you'd have to like get a little flask in there or something, but it's so easy. We did it multiple times. So oh wait,
2: okay, so you but you can't actually buy it on site though it's not like a barcade bar or anything. No, yeah, there's not
1: there's not a bar in the arcade. There's a bar in okay. the hotel outside the arcade if you gotcha. walk a little okay. bit. But, yeah, it's not inside the arcade. These are machines that people donate, unfortunately, right, so it's not sense. like, yeah, they're not going to let people officially drink around them. But there, <laughs> you'll see people walking around with drinks in there. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, what have you been up to the past week, Andre?
2: Uh, it's been mostly the direct. Yeah. <laughs> um, covering the mini direct, so over the past few days at least. Uh, I did start playing, though, um... Uh, PUBG last night. I decided to give it a shot from everything I'd heard, uh it, with it being in the running for all these Game of the Year awards. And I actually I forget what it was. I think I read um I saw someone compare it to like the Hunger Games or you know, any of those types of movies. I'm like, all right that sounds pretty cool. You can just get dropped on the island and try to survive. So I gave it a shot and, um, play for a couple hours and it's pretty cool. Like it's I had fun with it. Um I don't know if I will keep playing it too much longer. I feel like I might have already like reached my enjoyment maximum <laughs> limit with it. But it could be because I suck. So maybe if I played more, I'll really get into it. Um, but yeah, it seemed cool. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, speaking of that direct, man, I've... Woke up early. So many days, we kept kept thinking like, okay, today's gonna be the day they announce the direct. Okay, today's gonna be the day they announce yeah. the direct. And I'd wait around for hours, was like Nintendo's not announcing this direct. What the heck? Mm-hmm. So my my I, like it sucked because I was uh, up late and then I had to wake up early and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, it just wouldn't end. Nintendo. But, but uh, otherwise, um, I feel like it's I actually did quite a bit this past week because. Uh, I went to the movies because I, uh, you know, I had some free time on Sunday night. I was like, "Let's get out of the house," and went to see Jumanji on your recommendation, Andre.
2: And was it not fantastic? Yeah, it
0: was actually really good. Um, it there was like they sold me on a lot of those jokes, and it, you know, I won't call it high cinema, but I wouldn't call the original Jumanji high cinema well, either. I wouldn't, I
2: just, wouldn't call yeah. it Last, Last
1: Jedi that, high cinema either. That shocks me though, because that movie looks like garbage. Like I, it looks so bad. Is it really good? Is, is it's, it? It's good. It's very entertaining. That shocks me because I mean, from the from the trailers, it just looks so just bottom of the
2: barrel, ghastly. Like I'm I think, so surprised. I think maybe I wonder if that was intentional. Like set expectations so low, you can't help but impressed. <laughs> well, yeah, but it set them so low that I was like, I'm never going to see that movie. Like it, that, I feel like it goes too far the other way. If you make your movie look that bad that you don't that you actually don't want to see it. The thing with this movie is that word of mouth has been extremely good. If you look at its box office run, it's been very odd. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't have a great opening, Mm -hmm. but it's been picking up week after week, where it's now ranking far ahead of The Last Jedi. Wow, I had no idea. That's crazy. It was, like, number one, whereas uh, The Last Jedi was was number three, I think, in the last week or two. Wow. So that's the opposite thing,
0: where it's just hung around and done enough. But, yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, a lot of, like... I almost want to say Jack Black's the highlight of this movie in a way.
2: Yeah, he was great. He he might be actually like him and The Rock are probably the uh, yeah. best elements. Oh yeah. See The I, Rock, I love. I I would go see a movie for The Rock
1: in a lot of cases, but Jack Black, I'm actually really not a fan of. So I don't know. Me
0: neither. But he sells himself as a okay. teenage girl really well, <laughs> and swear to God, he actually got me to laugh at a, a, a dick joke twice.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: Fair enough. Which. Yep.
0: Did not see that like that was like I thought I aged out of those but nope it actually got nope.
2: me they they caught you off guard I think because it it seemed like you know it seemed like a pretty family friendly affair and it still is but then they kind of hit you in the face. With that dick, <laughs> so it's with that dick, <laughs> nice. And it's it's just yeah, it's just funny. Like it's, it, I found it. It kept surprising me, like with its humor and um, yeah, it's just a fun time. It's just a fun time. Like not every movie needs to be serious or high cinema. No, uh, not at this, all. And this movie embraced what it was, and it's something that's just a really fun romp. Yeah, nice.
0: I'd say this, the beginning's a little slow, but, again, that was the case with the original Jumanji. Like, really, if you look at it, it's a very faithful adaptation of Jumanji, just in terms of its worth and how it's structured and all that. But I, uh, Well,
2: just, just inversed, yeah. yeah. Instead of the, it taking over the world, you go into the world of Jumanji. Um, but I think, well, the beginning, I agree, is a little bit slow, but it had to be, just because oh, you yeah. had to set up the characters. Uh, but what I did like... Do you mind? Do you? Well, if, are you going to see? I don't it? care Actually, at all. This okay, you don't me. care. Okay. Yeah. it is a super small spoiler anyway. But something I wanted to mention before that. Uh, when I talked about it before, but I didn't mention it because people had not seen it yet. So if you don't want to hear this super minor spoiler, skip ahead, like, I don't know, a minute or so. Um, the thing that totally caught me by surprise is the fact it's an actual sequel to the first one. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea about that. I figured it was just like a complete reimagining. But no, it's a full sequel with, uh, or maybe not a full sequel, but it's a proper sequel. Huh. We're picking up right where the last movie, last movie left off, where the board game washed up on the beach. And they find this one on the beach. And they've also they also have a few other tie-ins as too, or tie-ins as well throughout the movie. So I appreciate that. I thought it was cool that they actually made it a proper sequel, even though it doesn't seem like it at all based on the trailers. Yeah, I, I actually really wow. enjoyed
0: that in the beginning as well. And uh, then the idea of the um, like the, that other little callback that happens in the middle of the movie. Uh, that's that was really cool.
1: Yeah, that was made. So yeah. Well, wow, I, I would not have expected that. Yeah. It's an actual like it's a, it's an actual sequel to the first. Yeah, movie. no, I mean, wow. that, so
2: right off the bat, like it already impressed me. I'm like, yeah. all right. Also, what are you taking with this? Good for you. I'm there for that. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, the other thing we I go,
2: did. Hold oh, on, th- real quick. So Ash, you just need a movie pass, just so you can go. Oh yeah, got
0: it. Oh, I know. Those. My my you wife and
1: I have been it. talking about that. We just need to sit down and do it because there are so many movies. Oh, like even right now, like we could like take our pick of any movie we want to see. Like we haven't even seen The Shape of Water yet, and we really want to see it. That yeah, I
2: actually saw that uh, before I left, um, before I came back from Seattle. Mm. Okay. Yeah, did I enjoyed you? that. As well. D- did that get your didn't hate it? It rate? left me. I was probably the most confused about how I ever felt about a movie uh, wow. after seeing it that I've All ever right. been. Yeah. Um, it's
0: one of those I, things where I enjoyed it, but I'm also like, okay, that was a thing.
2: Yeah, that's All exactly right. it. In the moment, I enjoyed it. Looking back, my. Uh, yeah, looking back, I, I think I've solidified my thoughts more now. Where I don't think it's a movie I would actually recommend to people. Huh, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it in the moment, but looking back, I'm like, ah. <laughs> so interesting. All right, I mean, it's yeah. it's
0: it's a Del Toro movie, and it, it right.
2: But I love is. Pan's Labyrinth, like straight yeah. up. I love Pan's Labyrinth. So do we. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um,
0: hmm. Yeah, but uh, honestly, this year, this weekend, I'm actually considering going to see. Uh, paddington too because i watched the first one on netflix a while back when it first hit there because i heard such good word of mouth and i watched it. i was like oh my god this movie is actually really cute and adorable and funny and like yeah i'm i'm really into it and i'm hearing the same thing about the sequel so i'm like you know 100% what
2: 100 i'm raw tomatoes
0: yeah that's crazy like i'm i'm yep. like
2: you that know actually what surprises. i could yeah. use
0: a nice heartwarming movie let's do it <laughs>
2: nice yeah, I, I, I saw the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, maybe I need to go check that out, but I want to see the first one. It's on. Uh, it's
0: still on Netflix. If you wanted to check perfect, it out. Perfect,
2: maybe we'll yeah, maybe do that tonight.
1: Well, yeah. speaking of heartwarming, I'm going to need to play a heartwarming game soon because what I've been doing this past week, other than being sick and working and, and stuff, is, is I've been playing a lot of Nier Automata, and that is the exact opposite of heartwarming. <laughs> y- Yoko Taro just... Everything in that game makes you feel like a dickhead, and every, just doing anything, oh god, that game just makes you feel so bad about your, what you're doing in it so so much of the time. Like, every side quest ends in the saddest possible way, and I'm being told now where I am in the game, I'm being told by several fans on Twitter, like, to prepare for ultimate despair. Like, I'm, I'm basically right at the point in the story where I guess, like, crap really starts going off the rails, and... I was talking about it on Twitter last night, and one fan got back to me and just said, "Just prepare for despair. Like it, it's about to get really sad." And I'm like, "Oh my god, prepare it already is despair." Yeah, prepare well. for trouble, right? Make it double. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, near is I can I get it now. I get why people have been whispering in my ear about it all throughout 2017. I love this game, and I'm so invested. Um, basically, there are five different routes. Basically, You know, you play through the game, but that's actually only route A, and then you play through again, you're in route B, and you see the same story from a different character's perspective. I'm at the end of route B, and I've been told that the beginning of route C is when things really start getting crazy. So, great game, I can see why people love it so much, and I'm fully invested, and I can't wait to see what happens.
0: It's next to my dock. Well, technically it's next to my docket. I am still working my way through Persona 5. That game is just insanely long. <laughs> it yeah. is ridiculously long. Like, I thought I was nearing the end a while back, and now 30 hours later, I'm like, okay, now I'm right before the final boss. I can... I can. Def- this is definitely before the final boss. So, I'm so close to the end. That's what I've been working on, just playing through that game, catching up with everything, and, you know, feeling very confident in my placement at 3. I don't think it would have gotten higher, but it's definitely a solid 3. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the... it. If I had one big uh, complaint about it, it's that there's a few too many false endings. Like, where it's things sure. it's like, this is the, fi- the final battle. Like, nope, there's <clears> this <throat> twist. Fine for the first time. Then it does it again. Then uh-huh. it does it again. I'm like, come on. Don't Lord of the Rings you know, this yeah. one to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Okami does that, too. Okami's known for doing that, but I actually don't mind. I, I actually like the way it, it does that. But Okami totally has that false. Like, you think you've beaten the game and then, wait, here's a whole other chapter. But the thing is, it does it twice, so... You, you feel like you've beaten the game twice, and then the game is still, hey, guess what? There's still one more chunk, and you're like, this game's never going to end, so I know totally <laughs> what you mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, at least with Okami, that's like you get the first ending that you think is happening in, like, what, 15, 20 hours? Yeah, Persona, yeah. it's like you're 60 hours, 70 hours in, and then you start Jeez. getting that stuff. So it does feel like you should be ending. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh, it's still going. But after once I beat Persona 5, which should be this weekend... Um, I do I do want to start playing through the Nier games. I want. To, I have the original, so I'm going to play through that, uh, even though I picked up Nier Automata as well. Um, but I was like, I would just skip to Automata, but since I already owned the original Nier, I'm like, I might as well play the first one and enjoy it in my own terms, and maybe then I can look up some, like, if I don't understand something, I can look up, like, uh, analysis videos of it, where people better explain the story. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's like, you know what, I own the game, I should play the game, rather than just skip over it.
1: Fair enough. Um, yeah.
0: So that's that. That's sort of my plan. So I'm looking forward to getting to near uh, Automata. But it's, it's really funny you're talking about Ultimate Despair with this because uh, another thing I did this week was what was watched Devil Man Crybaby on Netflix.
1: Or I've of heard your, of that?
0: Oh my gosh, this show. Um, <laughs> so I finished it earlier this week, and it's just 10 episodes long, 30 minute episodes, and it's definitely meant to be binged. And it is one of the most weirdly animated yet still oddly beautiful shows I've seen in a long time. Like limbs are just sort of like the, you got to see the running animation. It was in some points like it is just the weirdest looking thing, Um but it's still like kind of a beautiful show in its own way. But then it's also one of the most debauched and depressing shows. Like there is constant nudity and just absurd amount of uh, absurd amount of violence in this. <laughs> and by the end of this show, it is one of the most nihilistic things I've ever watched in my life. Like it is just every little bit of happiness that you think might come out of this <laughs> destroyed, dead, gone. It is nice. Okay. Ridiculous and. Honestly, I think I I think it's meant to be like, oh my gosh, I I care so much about this. But by the end of the, I was watching the final watching the final episode, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about anything going on here. Here, it's so ridiculous and just so dumb at this point that I'm just, I'm done. And I like I'm sitting there after it's all finished. I'm like, you know, I think I hate this show.
1: (laughs) He's like, I can't tell if you're endorsing it or not. It's one of
0: those things where it's like. I'd almost recommend watching it just to see how your own feelings line up with it because it it has a somewhat interesting premise when you first start it and then it starts getting as many people have said the final three or four episodes it just goes off the rails mm-hmm. uh, so it if you have Netflix, I guess it's worth checking out because hey it's you already have Netflix, so it's whatever but honestly I did not enjoy it like I look back when I was like, yeah. No, I mean I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with having seen it, but I was like, not good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many episodes was it? Just ten. An hour each. A half hour. Half hour. Okay. Yeah. That's, so it's a quick. A it's a it's
0: a quick watch. It's you know yeah. well five hours, yeah. but TV show wise, it's it's a pretty quick watch. Um, but you know it's 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 a very Weird. It's weird. <laughs>
1: yeah. Actually, my, my wife and I are in the midst of our own 10-episode thing we're watching, except we're not binging it because not all 10 episodes are out, and that is the uh, season 11 of The X-Files. And uh, we were not ex- we didn't know what to expect at first, because, you know, we're both... She's, she's a hardcore X-Files fan, and I like it, and, you know, so we were pretty excited. That premiere was, like... It was just terrible. Like, it was... <laughs> it was so terrible and so problematic in so many ways. It was... Like, my wife and I were expecting to be talking about how much we loved the premiere late into the night, and instead we were talking about just how crappy it was, and just, it was trash. Honestly, the premiere was trash. Mm -hmm. But, the second episode completely turned things around, and it was a fantastic uh, episode of television. Like, it had us glued to the TV for all, like, 44 minutes. So, it completely turned it around, but now we don't know what to expect, because either the rest (laughs) of the episodes could be as utterly horrible as the opening, or they could be as great as this. We don't really know what to expect, but... Uh X Files not off to a great start originally, but now it's starting to hopefully you know write itself. We'll see. Man, when you call something trash, you know it's garbage. Oh, it was actually an adjective you use very often. No, no, it was really it was so <laughs> problematic in so many ways. I oh it's so but we're not like ours is hardly the outlier opinion. Like if you go online, very few people actually like that opening. Mm-hmm. Or that that premiere, I should say.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, like, both Ash and I have these shows that are like, yeah, I think we didn't like this. And that's yeah. rare from, like, we're usually seen as the more positive ones.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: Um, well, have you played anything else beyond uh, the uh, PUBG? <laughs> or is it that, that it uh, for you, Andre? Uh,
2: I've, I've still been, uh, before that, I was still working my way just through Zelda, still finding those last two shrines. Um, well, now, for me, the last few shrines. Like I, I think I'm finally down to the wire on these guys. Nice. Uh, because I was, using this, I was using my hog, riding around Hyrule, grabbing all the <laughs> shrines I missed before. Uh, but now I'm reaching the point where I'm starting to feel like more work than anything else, especially because I have to like, cross-reference the map constantly and see what parts I haven't uh, checked using the, whatever, that history tool. Oh, well, the hero's path. Is, yeah, yeah, at least you path. have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean... I'm conflicted on it because, yeah, it's useful for tracking down shrines. You can see where you've been and where you haven't. But also, like, it kind of makes it feel more like work. There's more of a process now mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to before where it was just, like, natural discoveries. You're going through the world, right? So, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if it's really a net gain or not. <laughs> um, but it is, it is useful, I guess, uh, either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. But I think I'm reaching the point now where I'm having major diminishing returns. It's like, okay, I'm not. it's not that much fun now just to... Just to scour the landscape, waiting for my beeper to go off, you know, yeah. for where the shrine might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I might be about done with the game again. You know, I'm actually glad you brought up Zelda,
1: only because I I've been playing an indie game also uh, alongside Nier Automata called Blossom Tales on the Switch, and it's basically a 2D Zelda like. It's 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 literally you just it's a 2D Zelda game, just not starring Link and not taking place in Hyrule. But if you're in the in the mood for that kind of game, it scratches that itch really really nicely, and it's just a really competent, top-down, pixelated 2D Zelda-type games. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody, anyone listening who might be in the mood for that kind of game. Look into it. It's a cool game. It's called Blossom Tales, and I recommend it. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I'm I meaning to check that out. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, what, it was $14.99, and I don't regret a cent of it. Like, it's, it's lasted about 15 hours. It's just a really nice, light, 2D Zelda bite-sized adventure.
2: It's great. One buck per hour, not bad. Yeah, (laughs) I guess, yeah, if you break it down like that, (laughs) yeah. yeah. boil it
0: down. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, I think that covers everything we've been up to for the past week, which actually turned out to be a lot, uh, beyond, you know, preparing for the direct and covering all of that. So, that was fun, wasn't it, Andre? (laughs) Oh, as always. I felt so
1: bad for you guys, because I'm like, this, you know... They they just didn't announce it beforehand like they normally do, and instead just decided, "Hey, we're just gonna stealth drop it." It's six in the morning, and it's like, or nine in the morning for you, Derek, and it's just like, okay, you can see the appeal in that, but
2: that makes our job so much harder. Well, what's funny is we kind of make it harder on ourselves because we knew it was coming. Yeah, we just didn't know it wasn't going to be. We just didn't know it wasn't going to be announced. Right. So that kind of it actually kind of screwed us up in a way because we had we were prepared for the announcement to come, which never did. Uh, but at the least, we still knew it was happening, so we knew we'd be ready at six a.m. that day. Oh yeah, <laughs> right? otherwise we
0: both would have slept through it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people slept through it. A lot of people didn't believe it was happening. So I hated uh, myself for getting up
1: because I was I was still sick. That you know I'm like I'm feeling mostly better now, but I was still kind of coming out of it on Thursday. And I'm like I mm-hmm. hate myself for getting up for this. <laughs> like, God damn it, Nintendo! Why am I even out of bed for this? This is t- <laughs> I'm so annoyed. But it was worth you, it. It was it ended up being worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was a good one, but it was it was definitely a weird feeling having to go through that uh, that direct and cut up cut it up rather than have it drop piecemeal.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely different. But you know what? I think actually, I kind of like the mini directs. Like I actually wish they'd have more. I wish they had. I wish it would have more mini directs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know take what would be normally in a direct, split it up split it up into more mini directs throughout the year. I actually kind of like it. I feel like, I mean, and I'm speaking from from the perspective as a YouTuber as well, of course, but I liked how more digestible it was. Like, it felt like it wasn't as overwhelming. I think it gives each game more individual attention than than what can often happen where smaller games get completely overwritten by everything else in the direct but the other 40 minutes in the direct
0: oh yeah because one of the things we always say is like indie games okay it'll be a compilation thing where here's a bunch of indie games coming but you don't really learn anything about them individually and this time we got what two indie games and both got a fair amount of time so it's like okay cool nice little spotlight for these things Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. I'd I'd be totally down for more mini directs throughout the year just to say hey this is coming up soon and they're not huge titles but here's something that you guys might be interested in
2: yeah Right. It would also kind of like manage expectations a little bit too. I feel like if everyone knew there always been directs, you know, not to expect e three you know, <laughs> levels of, re- of reveals here. Yeah. Although when well, an I actual director
0: yeah. is announced, then the hype levels go out of, out of control. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because I guess if you only have direct minis, then what's left to to differentiate them, right?
2: <coughs> um, well, I guess yeah. I guess it would lower the hype across the board. Is my right. argument? Mm. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess if you, if you do mostly direct minis, because you have you know once in a while a full direct, then I guess the the hype for that then ratchets up even more. Mm-hmm. But I mean, okay. who knows? That maybe This is only the first direct of twenty eighteen. Maybe they are shifting to that model. We don't really, you know, we don't really have any other yeah. directs
2: to compare it to yet. Yeah, we'll see. Although I think they wouldn't call them minis if they were shifting to that model. That is well, true. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and go to our news topics for the week, and won't really cover the uh, Direct because, well, we already talked about it, so there's really not too much else to say uh, since, the, since they've been there, although there is one exception to that, and that's the fact that The World Ends With You and uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze have been both priced on GameStop at $60 apiece. Now, this might be a placeholder, but right now they're being listed as sixty at sixty dollars, which mm, seems a little pricey. For uh, I can kind of understand Tropical Freeze just because same for uh, Mario Kart Eight. That's how Mario Kart Eight Deluxe was priced. But Mario Kart Eight Deluxe also included all the DLC for Mario Kart Eight, which made it seem more like a bargain. Uh, DK only has Funky Kong and World Ends with You has that epilogue, but we don't now don't know how exhaustive it is. And it was forty dollars originally on the DS, and I think you can get it for like thirteen to fifteen dollars on iOS. So sixty seems really pricey for what The World Ends With You is.
2: Well, yeah. also with Tropical Freeze, it was fifty on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ooh. yeah, you're paying you're paying a, a more now uh, for a game that really isn't that's barely upgraded. It only has a new easy funky mode, which. Um, I don't even know if it's that much of an appeal if you've, uh, you know, if you've played the game or even playing for the first time. Because that really is just an easy mode. So, in a way, it might actually take away from the game if you're competent at it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is kind of, I mean, I mean, so here's the thing, it's weird. Tropical Freeze is absolutely worth that price. I think it was underpriced originally. This game is one of the best game, like, one of the best platformers ever made. So, it definitely deserves that $60 <laughs> price. It is just weird by comparison that it, you know, is more than it was originally. But I'm not, I i do not think it's that big of a deal. I mean, I think yeah, I think it's I think it's worth it. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just weird it's, seeing it that it is higher price now.
1: It's it's hard. I mean I I of course wouldn't argue. Tropical Freeze is one of the best platformers ever made, and I mean it's certainly and on its own, it is worth sixty, but it's hard. I mean that, that kinda hurts as someone who already bought, you know, I didn't review it, so I actually bought Tropical Freeze on Wii U and I paid fifty for it and I don't I don't know if I'm willing to pay 60 bucks for this game again. Like at 40 bucks that would have been an impulse buy for me. Like okay, I'll pick up Tropical Freeze again to have it on Switch at 40 bucks, sure. But I don't know if I can just drop 60 bucks on a game I already own. As much as I'd love to have it on Switch and again, it's it's a phenomenal game. But that kind of hurts. I don't know. I was hoping maybe 40 or at least 50 again. I don't like why like is funky kong really worth 10 bucks? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really think it so. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean, you're right.
2: I mean, there's two perspectives here. Yeah. As one, if you didn't own a Wii U, I think that's absolutely worth the cost. If you did, based on what we've seen, that's absolutely not worth the cost. <laughs> yeah. Um, It is literally the exact same game with a new easy mode uh, and apparently potentially 1080p graphics, which will look nicer, but I don't think that's worth, you know, paying more than what you paid originally for the same game. So, right. yeah, I agree. Like, if it's your first time, I think that's fine. If it's not... I see no real reason to buy it unless you really have to have that game on the Switch versus Wii U. Which, to be I mean, fair, it does
0: put you one step closer to being able to put, the, put away the Wii U forever.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: right, right, exactly. right. And then as for
1: the world is with you, I mean, I, it's it's that Square Enix tax, right? I hope mm. it's not actually sixty, but if it actually is, I'm not going to be surprised because of that damn Square Enix tax. But here's the thing, and and. And it's it's hypocritical of me, because I just talked about how Tropical Freeze is one of the best games of all time, but it's still hard for me to drop another 60 on it. The world ends with you. Yeah, it was 40, and it's dumb that it would be 60 on Switch, but at the same time, I didn't get a chance to get into it back in the DS, and I want to experience everything this game has to offer with this version. So I'm actually okay dropping 60 bucks on it, even though I technically shouldn't be. So it's just, you know, it also, the third perspective is, well, just have you played the game before? And I guess that kind of ties into, did you have a Wii U? with Tropical Freeze, but I didn't get into World Ends With You, and I need to, and it's something I really want to embrace, so that I'm actually kind of willing to drop 60 on, even though I don't think it should be that much, mm. so it's just, it's, it's a weird thing, but I hope that both are 40, I hope they're just placeholders, but I
2: kind of feel like they're both going to be full price. Well also it's a bigger upgrade too over the original control right yeah so, true. they've had to redo those assets yeah yeah
0: they redo the assets and it'll have touch controls there's also going to be a new like actual controls to it um, with the, with the uh, pro control with, with regular controls so that that does add into the cost a bit and like right. ash like I you know I own the world ends with you on DS it is my favorite DS game. I'm going to rebuy this, whatever the cost. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love this game. And to be, have it again, to be able to re experience it on the Switch after so long with added content, yeah, I'll buy it. It's just like, yeah. eh, I would have preferred to have it in the 40 to 50 range, but 60, whatever, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of interesting costs, um, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle uh, has been announced that it's coming out in June. Uh, what's really interesting about all of this, though, is that it's going to have 20 fighters right off the bat, and they've announced that there's going to be 20 more as DLC, and that has a, that has a lot of people talking. Like, on one hand, in my head, it's like, okay, at least they made that up front; they you know how many characters are going to be coming as DLC. The other hand, half like you're doubling the size of your roster, and that's like it. But by in one hand, you double the size of the roster. On the other hand, we're only getting half the roster at the beginning. So I'm not quite sure how this shakes out and how people are like feeling. I think they're mostly upset about the idea, but mm-hmm. I can still see how it works in its own way. I'm, I, I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about this one?
1: Hmm. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like... I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't play Bla- Blaze Blue or Blade Blue, however you say it. Personally, but I, of course, I play other fighting games like Smash, and, and I appreciate the the appeal of DLC characters there. You know, I guess it really comes down to how they're priced and, and such. I mean, we were talking during the direct about the pricing of the addition of the new uh, Pokemon Tournament Deluxe Fighters, and that seemed like it was a little much, basically being seven fifty a character if you kind of want to break it down like that. But when you talk about a game like Smash, you know, people were complaining about all the DLC characters costing extra money, but even there, the most you could pay was like $5.99 for like Ryu and a stage, or Cloud and a stage, which I thought was perfectly reasonable. So, really, it comes down to me, how are they pricing it? If these if these characters are priced reasonably, like, I don't know, three, four bucks each, maybe that's okay? But if they're like, you know, but if they're like Marvel versus Capcom Infinite ridiculous pricing over the moon status where you know, costume packs are like $30, then no, that's that, I would say that's not okay at all. So I guess it kind of just comes down to how are these things priced and are they priced fairly?
0: I just did some looking to see if we could find a price for how much this DLC might cost, and there's no listing as of yet. Uh, all we know for sure is that it's going to come with a DLC character all in one pack right off the beginning, so there's your season pass. And then they're going to be le- released in six sets, uh, with three characters each, and one like, and then a couple characters all by themselves. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I would hope that they wouldn't co- uh, overall for the season pass one charge you more than the base game. Like I think the limit they would have is how much you pay initially. So sixty bucks. But that's still a lot for DLC. But then again, you're doubling the size of the game and the roster, so that, yeah. this one's weird.
1: <laughs> my my guess is that the DLC, the season pass, probably wouldn't be more than twenty nine ninety nine. I, I think if they price it more than thirty, that's just suicide for this DLC. So I kind of feel like it's going to either come in at like nineteen ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, those. I feel like 19.99 would be a very fair price, but I feel like 29.99 is probably what they're going to go with. And I would say that if you're if you're really into it, then that's worth it. But maybe for more casual players, it isn't. But you know, like all DLC, it really comes down to the person. Is that is the value of what you're getting? Is it worth it to you? And for some people who play Bla- Blaze Blue all the time, hell yeah, it's worth it without a second thought. But does that make it right? Yeah, I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I know you don't play this fighting game or fight, fighters in general, Andre, but let's say they, they went with this model for Smash Brothers. How would you feel about it then, since that's something you're a little bit more familiar with?
2: That's exactly what I was already like picturing in my mind. Like what if they did this with Smash Brothers? But I was comparing it because in Smash Brothers the base game already has what, sixty characters? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet here you're only getting you only have the 20. Then you're getting 20 more deals. It still comes up short of what Smash has. <laughs> well, actually, Andre, you only get like 48 characters before a DLC. It,
1: it, it, I think I think what is is there's 49. Oh, was it 48? DLC. Uh-huh. Yeah, then I can't remember exactly. Like, but I, either way, like it was still more.
2: You still get more in the base game of Smash than yeah. you do here. Yeah. Um, it, across all the fighters, so. But I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I don't play the game. Maybe those characters have way more to them. I have no clue. I'm mean, Ultimately, it comes down to, like, if, if the base game is strong enough to support that price, you know, great. You know, and if you want more on top of that, sure. Like, I guess that's, that's it. So for Smash, I mean, if they announced, I guess, something similar where, like, the game had 30 characters as a base and then you could download 30 more if you want, I think I'll, I'd be okay with that. Like, I... I I I, mean, I guess it would depend. I mean, it depends on it would I mean it would depend on as I just said, if the base game is strong enough. If the game is like literally just Smash Four again, yeah, that's gonna be annoying because you yeah. already had that value before. Mm-hmm. But if they improve it enough, or add enough, or make it different enough, where that base game is strong enough with the smaller with a smaller roster, uh, you know, out of the gate, I'm okay, I'm totally okay with that. So yeah, I don't really see a problem. Again, it depends on on the base game, but if it's good, then fine. Um, you don't have to buy the DLC. So, but if you're compelled to. You know that's more content for you, so yeah. So I don't, I don't think I have a big problem with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. As I think Ash really did co- cover it the best. Like it really comes down to the person and what whatever you want out of this. And you know it might suck that a certain character that you really wanted is not in the main game, and you have to get it via, via DLC. Other times, you know what, it's kind of worth it because I really want to play that character. Like I, I was there was. Never a chance that I wasn't going to pick up the Cloud DLC for Smash Brothers, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So, mm, there it goes. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, but... Uh, well, speaking of weird, uh, <laughs> we have... Uh, the Mario movie is back in the news because, you know, the whole thing from, what was it, the Wall Street Journal, Andre? That is technically just a rumor. However... Uh, We're finally getting some rumblings from Nintendo themselves about a Mario movie announcement that may come soon. And if things can be worked out and things can be done well enough, it's possible it may even release by 2020. Which seems insane because that's two years from now.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that that actually, that's a little bit concerning. Like, I'm hoping he's doing one of those things where... He's talking as if these deals haven't already been made, mm. and, you know, or are, aren't already well in the process. Because if they haven't, and the movie is actually possible in 2020, I'm not looking forward to what that movie might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that that is concerning. Like they should not. This should not be something that they just throw out there. This is something they need to put a lot of you know attention and you know just focus on. Um, especially because this will set the tone for anything else that might follow, other movies and properties from them. So yeah, take your time with this. Make sure it's good. Uh, hopefully those Illumination rumors we heard were accurate, more in the general time you know uh, timeline sense, because I would feel more reassured in that case. But that's been evidently in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but hey, if, the, if you if you want to make this something something good, don't worry about hitting that 2020 release date. You know, delay it 2021, 2022, whatever. Um, as long as I'm still alive by the time it happens, <laughs> I'll be okay with it. So, but regardless, like I think it's exciting. I think it's cool that Mario's is finally going to get a movie a real movie <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, it's cool. This is happening and hopefully they'll continue this with other, with other properties. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the only way I could see that not being a concern is if
1: like, <clears throat> excuse me, is if it comes out literally like late December, 2020, because then that, that is almost three years, which still doesn't feel like quite enough to me to make the movie. I feel like we're kind of all hoping for and, and perhaps expecting, but mm-hmm. I could see, okay, maybe if you stretch it and it's almost three years, okay, maybe you can sneak that in. But, no, the idea of, of them saying, oh, it could be out by 2020, and they haven't even started on it yet, most likely, that is concerning. I don't think you can turn around a quality animated Mario movie that we all want to see in two years or, or less. That just, yeah, no, I
2: that, that worries me. Take the time I mean, you I need. I guess... Yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I still agree, obviously, but yeah. I guess if you, if you came out at the end of 2020, that is three years. That's what I'll, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So if they, if they start working out right now, maybe that could work, but anything less, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> so, and, yeah.
1: and if the announcement, quote unquote, may come soon, then that doesn't give me a lot of confidence that they're, you know, Rolling up their sleeves and getting to work on this movie already. So, <laughs> I mean, I can almost
0: see if it depends on whether Nintendo approached Illumination or Universal Illumination approached Nintendo. Uh, because if they did, a, if Illumination approach, approached Nintendo, I'd assume they'd already have a pitch ready. So they'd have like True. a script and an idea they want to go for and some uh, designs ready. So that might also affect how fast this thing can be made.
1: Hmm. That's a good point. They, if, if Illumination did approach Nintendo, they would have done so with a pitch ready. So that's actually a great point, Derek. And that could be. yeah, It could be that the development work on the movie is already done. It just needs to actually be made. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hope so.
0: Yeah. So, well, keeping on Nintendo news, uh, the Switch has finally surpassed the lifetime sales of the Wii U in both Japan and France. So yeah, we—I so, mean, we—we we saw it coming. It was written on the wall. It wasn't that far for Japan, but it is kind of surprising. Well, not, maybe not surprising, but interesting that France got passed as well.
2: Why is finally? In yeah, I headline? was thinking that's a really dumb <laughs> word choice. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I—I I don't know why I put it finally, but
2: I, <coughs> oh, you. That was I, think I think
0: I—I I was the one that added it. I'm looking at the original oh, okay. thing, so that's me.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's been like 10 months. So I know, it's months. like not, not even like, out of the first year yet. Come on, they should have had this
0: done in four months. Let's be real, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, it was expected, I think. I mean, I feel like it's a matter of time before every territory this is the case. Um, but, it's again, it's good to see the Switch doing well.
1: Yeah, and, and a headline that's related to this that, that I think is even that's just as impressive or even more so is that the Switch has become the fastest-selling home console
2: ever in the U.S., yeah, it's period. Well, like it is in the first year for the first year at least. Right. No, great point. And, and on top of that, apparently, according to uh, Xbox's own Aaron Sam, Aaron Greenberg, right. Um, he himself confirmed that the Switch was the number one selling console in December. So any worries people had from this, from November, where it was third, hey, it's first now. So, <laughs> um, so clearly the Switch is doing well and is not running out of momentum. Um, so yeah, the, the Switch across the board, it's all good news. Yeah. It really is. It's it. It
1: has gone from the deepest
2: valley to the highest
1: of peaks for Nintendo, and it's really great to see. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, not much more to add about this, but the news topics were a bit slim pickings this week. <laughs> There's we're still in January, but yeah, I thought that it's very cool that we did that, and as Andre said, we'll, we'll see that very soon for everybody else. It's it's not going to take long for them to surpass the worldwide sales of the of the Wii U. oh
1: no it's just a matter of time now
0: yeah well the last little bit we have here is uh a australian retailer has listed south south park the fractured Butthole for the switch uh falling in line with a lot of like a lot of ports that we saw um during the direct uh and i mean like most games yeah i can see this on the switch nice to have an rpg on the go uh, I'm not sure about having some of the stuff that happens in South Park happen while you're on the go. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: That'd be well, uh, something. I'm just surprised the Switch could pull off those visuals.
0: Yeah. I, really? I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like, It's a advanced system, but it's also not a... It's weird. South Park looks good, but it I'll also. On, doesn't I, was,
2: I was being really sarcastic. So I was going to say, I was <laughs> like, I was really surprised there. Okay. I was yeah, like, I was, wait I was
0: a minute. i like, was like, trying to think. It's like, does it really push it that much? But
2: no, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a show that was originally made out of cardboard. Right.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, oof, That went right over my head. <laughs> I,
1: I was like, I think he's kidding, but I can't. You tell. did that so
0: seriously it's that like, I Maybe just there's some crazy tech behind
1: it. it. I'm like, really,
0: Andre? Like, I don't know that much about Fractured Butthole, but.
2: Okay. I mean, it accurately captures the look of the show. I mean, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's impressive in that regard. But, no, I don't think it's <laughs> too technically right. uh, demanding. Yeah. So. so, I mean. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like, I'm glad. Uh, you know, it's another, yeah, it's just another good get for the Switch that continues to be the case. Like, I'm hoping we get to the point, though, where these games start appearing at the same time as on other consoles. Mm-hmm. So, we're not quite there yet. Uh, But I look forward to that. We're getting closer. Like, these releases are getting closer and closer to the original release date, so... Yeah, very true. Right, and
1: I I, kind of feel like by the time we're in late 2018, we're going to start seeing some of those multi-platform releases that are day and date on every system. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, of course, I think a lot of retailers are still playing catch up trying to get a lot of their more recent hits on the switch, like we saw with the direct this week, like stuff like East 8 and things like that. But you know, go, like going forward in, in 2018, we know, for example, Mega Man 11's coming, that's being released simultaneously on every platform. So I think as we get later into the year and we get more games that are being designed for all systems currently, like Mega Man 11, we're gonna start seeing simultaneous mm-hmm. system uh, uh, across all systems.
0: I mean, we we already are kind of getting that with Dark Souls. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. it's Dark Souls, which is an old game, a port of an old game, but we're getting the remaster this day and date with PS4 and Xbox One. And that's a good sign. Right. So. It is. Yep. All works and I don't yeah, I, I of course you can still fire this whole file this whole thing with South Park under a rumor, but it's Ubisoft. So, I would not be surprised surprised if Ubisoft wanted to get more of their titles on the switch considering how well uh mario plus rabbits did
2: yeah i mean it's actually surprised you haven't seen more up to this point considering a Ubisoft. yeah <laughs> yeah good point
0: but yeah that pretty much takes care of all the news this week outside of the wreck the direct not a whole lot going on but uh anyway let's go ahead and jump into our uh patreon topics and as always for just uh, one dollar a month you guys can support us on patreon Uh, Get these podcasts three days early every Friday. At least that's how it's usually supposed to be. It's Saturday this week because Andre and I were busy with analysis. Sorry about that. Uh, But also offer up topics like the ones we have here. So, uh, Ash, you were gone last week. Let's go ahead and start with
1: yours. All right. Well, my topic this week comes from Stephen Anker who says, Hi, GX. What were your favorite 90s Nickelodeon shows? I really hope you answer this one because I would love to hear your opinion on the 90s Nickelodeon shows. So, Thank you for your question, Steven. And as soon as I saw this, I'm like, yeah, I loved 90s Nickelodeon. I mean, who didn't, what kid didn't love 90s Nickelodeon, right? <laughs> so I spent so much time watching shows like, oh man, uh, Hey Arnold was one of my favorites for sure. Uh, Doug, of course, there's, uh, Doug and Rugrats both were, you know, the were mainstays, but I think my very favorites were Hey Arnold, Rocco's Modern Life. And uh, actually, no, those two, I would say, were, were my favorites, were, were Hey Arnold and Rocco's Modern Life. And Hey Arnold especially, I think I like, because it was so real. Mm-hmm. It was so, like, it was, you know, it was about these kids who, you know, they, they lived in the city, and, you know, they didn't have a whole, they didn't have the best living conditions, they didn't have a ton of money, but it was, like, this really, really honest look at, like, inner city life, and it didn't play around with it. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I don't know, I, I like that it just kind of tackled issues that you would, Think that kids growing up like that went through, and I thought that was really cool. And then Rocco's Modern Life, I just loved because it was just so freaking, it's so funny <laughs> and so smart. It's just it was such a way ahead of its time, and it was it was a one of those great kids cartoons that came out in the era before we were concerned with pandering to kids, before we we were concerned with talking down to them and dumbing them down, and and making every show like a nine minute, you know, no, we just you're not going to have a full story arc here. Like, every episode's going to be this, and then we're going to bounce off the walls and go over here, and, you know... No, this is... A, Rocco was made in an era before we thought kids couldn't handle smart shows. And I, I love that about it. It's a smart show. It expects kids to keep up with it. And they did, and I did, and I love that show. So,
2: Rocco's Modern Life, I have so much love for. What about you guys? Well, based on those comments, I wonder what you're going to think of my selection, because I don't have Rocco's Modern Life on my list here. <laughs> All right. Instead, I have other... Uh, uh, other uh, intelligence shows like oh. uh, Real Monsters. Oh, it's great! Yeah. I love that show. That yeah. was a good one. Uh, I did too. Uh, Doug, um, oh, oh, yeah. or and Doug, and of course Rugrats as well. Uh, but my actual, the, my favorite shows on um, on Nickelodeon were were either the real the real action ones or live action ones, I should say, or their shows. So Hey Dude is one I was obsessed yes. with for, for a while. Uh, Sludgey Shorts was wasn't bad, uh, but my favorite shows were the game shows oh, yeah. like Double Dare, Wild and Crazy Kids, Legends of the uh, H- Forbidden Temple. Hidden, Temple, Hidden Temple, or Hidden Temple, whatever, uh. <laughs> you think I know this, but <laughs> Guts and Nick Arcade, yes. those are some of my fa- I was oh, obsessed yes. with those shows as a kid, Like I always wanted to be on one of those shows, Um, I think I was able to, I went to a live like tour version of Double Dare once and that was amazing. So I didn't play in it, or I wasn't a participant, I just watched it. But Andre, yeah. I
1: have to cut you off for just a second, because I have to tell you that at MAGFest this year, Phil Moore was there in attendance, the host of Nick Arcade. From Nick Arcade, oh, yeah. Wow. He was there, and he was hosting MAGFest versus and other game shows there that you could participate in. That is They were is based amazing. on Nick Arcade, so I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there, he was there, and he was hosting game shows, so you could... Fulfill your long-held childhood dream <laughs> of being on a show like this.
0: Oh man, I remember watching Nick Arcade and screaming, and I'm like, what's wrong with you kids? How do right? you not know how to do this? And then watch, and then being like that because Nick Arcade was the one where they were in the video game at the end, right? And they had to grab certain things.
2: Right.
0: I'm like, I always wonder, like as a kid, is like, how did they do that? And
2: oh, and now yeah. nowadays, oh, I'm yeah. thinking,
0: how do the kids know what to grab? Were they just listening to Phil and realizing, oh, I have to do this, <laughs> or were they watching themselves on a camera and trying to? because like, that'd be no wonder it looks so hard for them because they're trying to look at the camera see what they're actually interacting with and trying and then reacting based off that like I don't know so
2: I've actually I've actually looked into this Derek and it's basically like a weatherman on TV or weather person mm-hmm. uh, where they are against a green screen and they're looking at like a small TV so yeah that'd be really uh-huh. hard they're looking at themselves from the side mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and on probably what wasn't a huge TV I'm guessing so yeah that must have been very difficult but that the end effect for the viewer was amazing. Oh, it yeah. was really cool. And
1: same thing with, with Legends of the Hidden Temple. I always would just be, as a kid, I'd be screaming at the TV, like, no, go the other way. Like, how have you not watched this show, like, before going on so you know where the Shrine of the Silver Monkey is? And come on, I, I would get so into it that I wanted to be on that show so badly.
0: Did you, did you hear about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff about Legends of the Hidden Temple?
2: Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Oh, yeah, it was
0: apparently a nightmare for any of the kids that were actually participating because it would be go on forever. They'd be exhausted through it, and they'd be just so mentally drained by the time they were in that final bit that that's why they had so much ach- trouble assembling the damn monkey, even though there's only three pieces and oh, only so God. many ways you can assemble it. And I think somebody I, – I read one story about one kid um, getting so scared by the Temple Guardians that they just, like, shut down. Oh, jeez. It's like apparently it was a really rough show as far as like what it did to the contestants. And you're doing it back in the day for what would what, you get like a boom box or something like that.
1: Probably. I, I can just, like, hearing these stories, I can just, like, see these kids all grown up now, and if they, like, even hear Olmec's voice, like, in their head, like, the shrine of the silver monkey. They just, like, drop it to their knees and, like, hold their head and start freaking out. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh,
0: man.
2: Yeah, they have, they have PDST from that show. Yeah, yeah. totally. Just
1: for, for what you're making it sound,
2: I hadn't heard this, but that sounds awful.
0: Yeah, it, it, it sounds pretty bad, but, I mean, I, I'm with Andre. I loved all the game shows. I watched Nick Arcade. Oh, yeah. I watched Guts, Wild and Crazy. Crazy kids, all that stuff, all these competitions—like it looked just fun to do. I think that was the big appeal of the of all those game shows. Um, and then, you know, of course, I watched all the cartoons and whatnot. Like I loved Rocco, I loved Rugrats, um, uh, Real Monsters. Like I watched most of them, but I've always hated Doug. <laughs> Really? I thought Doug was the stupidest freaking show. It was like, like <laughs> the characters were just annoying. Uh, the scenarios just seemed unreal. Doug just was a, I don't know, I wanted to hate him. <laughs> he's just seemed like such a, a, I don't know, a dork that I just like, oh my gosh, this kid, I just can't put up with him. And, Damn, we
1: have a regular Roger Klotz in our midst here. Uh, I didn't <laughs> think that you'd be, a, you'd be a Roger, Derek. Apparently. You were, he's but, a dork and you want to punt? Damn.
0: Yeah, he was... He, what what the hell is Quail Man?
1: <laughs> oh, I it's, forgot about that. I know, right? Quail Man's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. You forgot about him, but he's awesome. Yeah, sure, Ash. Right.
1: <laughs> oh no, I, I actually. Well, I know. I I did. I no. I feel like I, I kind of had Quail Man waiting in the wings, in the in the back of my mind. Like oh, he's <laughs> a, he's always waiting there. No, I mean, I no. I see what you mean. Doug is like the plainest guy. He's like he's so plain and boring but I guess that's kind of the appeal there I guess he was just supposed to represent like every the every kid regular yeah. kid Arnold yeah, does that kid.
0: so much better like Arnold that's true Arnold does do that better. much of a personality but he's still like just naturally likable and it had a great set yeah. of side characters I don't remember it. other than Roger and what Skeeter and Patty Mayonnaise I remember none of the other
1: characters <laughs> Skeeter or oh, the dog oh god Skeeter's so funny the dog oh
0: Porkchop uh, that was oh, their attempt chop, for yeah. actual any actual humor that was their only attempt. Wow, like,
1: I like I. Damn, but Derek is like the anti Doug. I hate Doug. <laughs> like
0: I have never understood the, like why people love Doug so much. Like I just do not get into that show whatsoever. Of course, I had the same reaction to um, um, Ren and Stimpy because I it was, that was just too Thank weird to as a kid. I yeah. was
1: I never liked Ren and Stimpy and. Ever like all the time when i pe- tell people that or whenever it comes up it's not like i just go around saying hey i didn't like ren and stimpy but <laughs> yeah. whenever it comes up people like act like i'm from another planet like what's wrong with me i never liked ren and stimpy ever yeah
2: that's see that that actually yeah, surprises me a little bit but i feel like like when i look back i think that that show and um Rocco's modern life were more similar than the other shows we discussed to each other yeah. you know what i think and it I, is, I, I, is i did
0: prefer Rocco over um ren and stimpy because i feel like that had more of a structure to it but go ahead Ash
1: well and I think what it is is Rocco was more focused on like on smart humor whereas I I feel like Ren and Stimpy was more focused on like bodily fluids and like nastiness like I remember I saw one episode where it was like this really agonizing and I'm sorry for the visuals but like they were, like, prying underneath somebody's toenail and, like, getting into the stuff underneath the toenail. And I'm, I'm like, I'm holding my toe right now thinking Uh. about it, and it's, like, making me really uncomfortable. And, like, that, I feel like Ren and Stimpy's humor was so often based on just, like, nasty, bodily, fluid-type humor or, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just, I didn't think it was as fun. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, not really. But, I mean, the other shows were really good. Like, uh, Rugrats was always fun, and... Rocco's Modern Life and uh, Real Monsters, like I'd watch all of them. Uh, but I do think I agree with you, Ash, that Hey Arnold was probably probably the pinnacle of the series of the of all those shows. It was just such oh, a good yeah. one, and I'm I still need to watch the the Jungle movie that just came out, and I'm of course excited for the Rocco's Modern Life return.
1: Yes, me too. And I got to say, we uh, uh, Andre was commenting on some of the live action shows. I was a big fan of watching Alex Mack. I loved watching The Secret Life of Alex Mack growing up and even more than that well not more than that, I liked Alex Mack a lot but there was a short-lived show on Nick called Space Cases that I got really into and I don't know why, it was like a basically Star Trek for kids is all it was <laughs> and it wasn't even that good but for some reason I got really into it and I think it only lasted like two seasons or not even that but no, even the live action stuff was great like, uh, yeah, like Salute Your Shorts and I watched a lot of Hey Dude. Hey Dude was I think the one I probably yeah, watched a, the most That was a good one and are you afraid oh. of the dark? I watched that. I was after. gonna say Nick.
0: I never watched Are You Afraid of the Dark because I was too what? scared. <laughs> I didn't watch oh.
1: horror. It was so good. I loved it. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, I missed oh, 90s Nickelodeon was so good. <sighs> 90s Nickelodeon and 90s Warner Brothers. They like that when if you were a kid growing yeah. up in the 90s, oh, yeah. you were well served Cart- with cartoons, Tiny Toons, like, Animaniacs. Oh hmm. god, yeah
0: and then when you get to the late 90s that's when Cartoon Network really took over and you got all those great shows
1: oh yeah like Powerpuff Girls and yeah yeah, growing up as a kid then was so great because I feel like compared to now there are great cartoons now but it's just not the same well Animaniacs is coming back though isn't it That, that it is which is an awesome yeah I love that
0: they haven't announced the casting for that have they
1: they haven't, and and you can imagine a lot of people have asked me if I know, and I don't, so I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, exactly. say. But I wasn't even going to ask, because
0: I, I, if, yeah. if they haven't announced it, that's definitely an NDA. <laughs>
1: yeah, here Here's what I know. What I know is I think they would be crazy not to get them all back, but I don't know if they are. They haven't said anything. I don't know what's going on, but they'd be crazy I not I mean, to.
0: Steven Stil- Spielberg is back, so I'd assume he'd want to keep to it. The other you thing is, so? I don't have Hulu, so I'm like, damn it. They're going to force me to get Hulu just to watch this.
2: Oh, yeah. I get a yeah. free trial. 30 day free that trial. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is Hulu. No. No. no <laughs> not at all. <laughs> or you can say that. You mean that's Trulu. true. You can that. True. Yeah. There you
0: go. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Andre, do you want to do your topic or should I do mine?
2: Uh, I'll go ahead and do mine. Okay. So. Uh, once I find my window <laughs> <laughs> Where I have my topic <laughs> totally, totally prepared Alright this one comes to us from Adam O'Sullivan Who says Hey GX apart from your current jobs What have been the best jobs you've had Thanks for the podcast I'm a big fan um, So I actually haven't had two I, I haven't had like had like a ton of other jobs I've had uh, Three real jobs I would say Plus a paper route So I don't know if I really count the paper route <laughs> um, Actually no I had no, I had four, route, uh, four of the jobs So I had a paper route I worked at a library, then I uh, worked at Nintendo. Nintendo in the call center, worked at IGN, and then GameSpot, and then now, which I don't consider a real job. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my favorite of those, actually looking back, is probably when I worked at Nintendo. Like I always wanted to work at Nintendo, and granted, not necessarily in the call center, but I uh, I had a really good time there. Um, even though I was sick of it by the end of the year, which is which worked out. that I moved on to IGN. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite like year periods of working at a company. I, it was just uh, really fun working there, working, you know, seeing how uh, part of Nintendo worked on the inside, um, you know, being able to you know be, work inside the company itself. And I enjoyed interacting with fans and dealing with people, even when they were upset about their Game Boy SP breaking when they dropped it, but would lie that they didn't drop <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was just fun, like you know, interacting with uh, yeah other Nintendo fans, which I guess. Makes sense, because that's largely what I do now as well. So yeah, that's probably my favorite favorite job. I think. Cool. Nice.
1: Oh, man, I I've, I've had quite a few different jobs. Um, let's see. I'm I'm trying to think of which. Well, I know I know what my best one is, uh, other than what I'm doing now. So right now, of course, other than Game Explain, I am the senior producer at What Pumpkin, where we're making Hive Swap Act Two, and it's going to be awesome, and I hope you guys look forward to it. Um, and that is absolutely one of the best jobs I've ever had uh, along with, with GX uh, but of course if you know, that's my full time job and that is absolutely one of the best things I've ever done apart from that let's see I've worked at uh, Starbucks I've worked at a I've managed a yogurt store I was like the night manager at a yogurt <laughs> store out, out after college um, I was a game master at uh, Nexon I've worked on uh, games like Maple Story and Mabinogi things like that Um, And I worked at Nickelodeon as a production assistant, but better than all of those was uh, my time with Shifty Look uh, where I was like the... I was basically the the comics editor and the associate producer of the whole Shifty Look project which means I got to work on all sorts of cool things. I got to make a a new Bravo Man cartoon, which is like one of Namco or, uh, Bandai Namco's oldest IPs. They got to make a brand new web cartoon out of one of their oldest video game mascots. I got to make a mobile game um, based on Wonder Momo, which is another one of their oldest mascots. I got to ma- uh, I got to basically um, edit various different comic series based on Galaga. Uh, again, Bravo Man, Wonder Momo, uh, various other properties like Katamari. That was a lot of fun. And... Yeah, I just basically got to do a lot of really cool creative work on all these different Bandai Namco properties, and I got to travel to do it, so I got to do some of that stuff in Japan, I got to do some of that stuff in uh, in uh, in Canada, it, I, like, I got to go to so many different places and uh, work with lots of cool different people, so, yeah, uh, aside from what I'm doing now, producing Hive Swap, oh, of course, I left out Udon, I, I spent several years as Udon Senior Editor, and that was great too, but aside from producing Hive Swap now, which I'm loving, uh, that shifty look job was absolutely the best job i've ever had and uh yeah i would do something like that again in a second which i kind of am i i've been telling you guys how much i've wanted to get back into producing for so long and i finally did with hive swaps so yeah no that those two things are probably the most rewarding jobs i've ever had aside from gx of course but that's for (laughs) me more of a part-time thing Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. man you guys have had so many more cooler jobs than i've had (laughs) Oh goodness I feel like I'm so much more typical because I uh, <laughs> I worked as a, um, I worked on a farm for one summer that was my first job before I turned 16 where I was basically uh, working on like farm equipment where like they'd uh, drive over the cut hay, and they would send out the hay bales, and so you have to catch them and stack them on the thing. Then you had to tra- transfer the hay bales to the barn to have those ready, because it was a you know dairy farm, so that's how you fed the cows and all that. And uh, it was hot, sweaty, miserable work. Uh, it was it was and it aggravated my sinuses too, so I'd be just a snotty mess by the end of a shift. Oh, and, I would hate wow. that. Oh, it, it was awful, and the. Um, the water the water spigot that they had there um you know to get a drink after you were done and you're hot and like you just need something to drink mm, faint odor and taste of manure but you didn't care cuz you were so dang thirsty <laughs> so Ugh. yeah not a great first job and i didn't I,
2: and that was your favorite job oh right? yeah that was
0: my favorite that's the best i've ever had even better yeah. than this <laughs> no that's that, that was my first job and uh, i think i got paid maybe 200 bucks for the summer like it was Pitiful how much money I made off of that job, and my dad looked. I was like, looked looked at the money I got at the end of that summer. I looked at my dad, and he's like, "Well, at least any job you at least any job you have after this point will never be as bad as this, and you can always be like, (laughs) it gets so much easier. Makes everything else look easy." I'm like, "Thanks, Dad." (laughs) That's a good point, though. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, Next job, I next job I got was working at a grocery store, and I actually stuck to that for a very long time. Like, I just. Did cashier, I ran front end, gas station, just whatever they needed me to do. I just did it all. And it was good, consistent work while I was at college. And at college, I had a work-study job at the library. But uh, that was pretty much it until I got my um, job at uh, a – sort of an in-between for a the government and shipping companies where we – would uh, the government said, hey, we need to get this uh, equipment to uh, this base. And uh, by this time, I'm like, all right, uh, this – Shipping company will do it for this much. So there you go, and off, off you go. You can do this. And I went in with no experience whatsoever, but you have certain connections and you can get in. So a friend hooked me up, and I got the job. And other than game explain, I would call that my favorite job because two big reasons. One, it was pretty easy. But I went, I worked uh, second shift, so I basically from three o'clock until ten or eleven, um, and by that by Eight o'clock at night, it died almost completely. So I was able to do whatever I wanted. So I'd watch YouTube or work on Game Explained stuff in my free time. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is, that was my best paying job, which allowed me to actually move out of the house. So the job itself was okay, but the fact that it got me what I, it led to the things I wanted to do was the part that makes me actually think that's my best job. Still not a great one, but <laughs> not as exciting sure. as Nintendo or produced or its uh, shifty
2: look.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, you know, Did we you all, all a, do, uh, yeah.
2: No, go ahead. Oh,
1: say hey, we all got to start somewhere, and now you're, you know, Game Explained superstar. So it worked out. <laughs>
2: there you I, I was gonna say, yeah, you're making you're making Game Explained sound like a savior for you. Oh, you know? it
1: is. It is. <laughs> I,
0: like, I don't know how many people know this, but um, I got laid off from that job. Like they they changed the uh, contract with that company, and they. Had to get rid of people because of that, and I was one of the people who laid off. So I was on, um, I was on a um, oh, paid that not, not uh, what's it called when you're like, unemployment unemployment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, unemployment. Yeah, I
0: blanked on it, but yeah, I was on unemployment, and um, I did a very stupid thing. Rather than search for a job, which I did, kind of did, I put in the necessary amount of um, uh, applications and whatnot. But I spent that year that I was on unemployment. Working on Game Explain, fighting to have it get as big as possible so that Andre could actually afford to hire me. (laughs) And it worked. Nice. I don't recommend it, but it worked.
2: Didn't you have a? Uh, didn't you work at a game store too? Though, oh I right,
0: thought? I did work at a, a small game store at the same time, like a just a small, a small thing. That was awful. <laughs> the guy, that, <laughs> the guy there, the guy there would constantly promised like, oh, if you did, if you do this and work hard and whatnot, you can make more money and be like I'm looking for a partner and all that. He said that to every single employee, and he was one of the wow. worst bosses I've ever had. Like I was looking at. I, I was looking at my like when I le- finally left that place, and I was looking at the, how much like the checks he was giving me and paid me and all that. He was not taking the taxes out <laughs> uh, for any of it. Really? Oh yeah. yeah, there was. He was wow. not taking taxes out of my paycheck, and I'm looking at this as like, oh thank God I made less than to the, the, the necessary to report it, <laughs> so I didn't have to. Work, <laughs> so I didn't have to mess with taxes. So thankfully, I was there short enough that I didn't have to report. The odd amount of the gross that he was actually giving me, rather than the net, it was like, ugh, do not. I did have anything. a short
1: stint. I did have a short stint working at GameStop as well that I completely forgot about, probably because it was that horrible. And I totally, I, I can corroborate that it was terrible. It wasn't quite that bad. I, I know I like I got paid correctly, but yeah, working <laughs> at GameStop sucked. And it was it was for a holiday temp job too, so oh, that was yeah, even worse because it was the holidays. Awful. So yeah, no, I I totally hear that.
0: Wow! <laughs> yeah, when you when we saw this subject, I was like, like, oh yeah, I got one. Oh yeah, I got one." I was like, "Oh, mine suck." <laughs> 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 oh goodness! Well, for my topic, we have uh, Samir uh, Siddiqui. Thank you for the pronunciation guide. <laughs> I appreciate that. was
1: useful. Yeah. Um,
0: he says, "Hey, GX, I'm a big fan of the channel. I've always wondered what your guys's top three or five favorite consoles are. Thanks for the awesome content. So we decided to go with top three. And uh, what do you guys think? We'll just start at number three and work our way up.
2: Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. All right. I feel you know what. Now that we're doing this, have we not have we not done this before? No. I, to- I kind of thought we had. Had we? Yeah. I kind of think we have now too. Had we yeah. done this before? You'd be really funny as if our orders are different now <laughs> than they were before. Well, it's funny,
1: like I even I actually I forgot I did list uh, Roger Roger Space did a Twitter thing where he listed his he listed his five top his uh, top five favorite consoles like two months ago. So I've, I recalled that I had that, and even on that tweet, I say the order for like my two, three, four, and five might as well change daily. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's so hard. It's, it's, you can't really like yeah. I don't know, like the, the, the positions for mine swap daily almost. I would say. I'm sure
2: mine need to. Yeah, yeah. same
0: here. Like, I mean, I the thing is, I, I I don't know if we did this or not. I'm still going to stick to it because it's already here. But uh, the other thing is, is like you know, we've done like our most played games, our top games, and stuff like that. But I don't think we ever talked about consoles. Hmm.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, well, either way, I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah, nine, exactly. Nine, so nine so if we have done it before, you can
0: compare and, 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 and see if we stuck to what we said <laughs> the last time. So exactly. So number three for me is uh, the GameCube. Um, I love that console. has a lot of great titles for it. But I think I look back on it so fondly is because that's what got me back into Nintendo. I was stuck with their handhelds and whatnot over the years. But as for consoles, after the NES, I didn't pick up another console until the GameCube. So having that nice way to just get back into it and all the great games they had on that system. It's like, yeah, I do really like Nintendo even on consoles. So, yeah, that's that's my number 3.
1: Yeah, GameCube. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say GameCube's my number 3 as well. Um it's it's one of my favorite Nintendo consoles. It's really my favorite Nintendo console except for spoiler, the one that's in the, my first position. Um <laughs> but it really I mean I love the GameCube. It had such an incredible library. I was not the biggest fan of the N64, Overall, I loved individual games on the N sixty four, but I didn't enjoy the system like I enjoyed the GameCube. I hated that controller, whereas the, the GameCube controller it is literally an extension of the human body. It is <laughs> the perfect controller, and I know Andre will always back me up on that because we always go hard on the GameCube controller together. And uh, that sound sounded really yeah. Bad I was gonna say, uh, I, but that you're that not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wrong. But um, yeah, the GameCube. I mean, it had so many incredible games. It brought us gems like Metroid Prime and and uh, Wind Waker, one of my very favorite Zelda games of all time. So, yeah, nothing but love for the GameCube. I still think it's the best controller ever or among them. And, uh, yeah, GameCube's an easy number three for me.
2: Uh, so, I have two versions of this list. <laughs> <laughs> I have I had the version of the, the console I enjoyed most at the time. Then I also have the version of which consoles I enjoy most now. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> for, the, for the ones I enjoyed at the time... Uh, well, now I'm confusing myself. Which one's which? Here? Okay, yeah. <laughs> for for the ones I enjoy the most of the time, GameCube's number three. So I agree with uh-huh. you guys in that sense. Um, yeah, it has an amazing library, uh, or had it had a really great library. One that I appreciate even more now, I think, in hindsight, than I did at the time. Um, yeah, it just had a lot, of, a lot of really great games. The controller is freaking amazing. It still stands as my favorite controller of of all time. Ash basically said everything, including some sexual <laughs> in there, which. <laughs> Uh, It's just a super good controller, and I can't wait to use it on Smash Switch because, of course, they have to support it. Um, But my other number three, the one, uh, if you look at it as uh, looking back, or no, rather, uh, how it holds up now, like, uh, in terms of favorite systems, like, when I go back to them, it would be Super Nintendo. Uh, I think the lineup is amazing uh, for that console, but it's one that has also aged a little bit more for me than the GameCube has overall. So that's why it's my number three.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, my number two is the DS, and that's simply because that lineup is amazing. The DS has one of the best, some of the best games lineups of all time, in my opinion. It's just so many great, unique titles, so many uh, interesting variations on it, and really creative ideas that, that got utilized because of the touchscreen, like um, Elite Beat Agents. Like, that was such a weird concept, but it works for the DS, and uh, you can just interesting puzzle games like professor layton or ace attorney and then rpgs out the wazoo like the ds was just such a great system once the ds light came out <laughs> i didn't bother yeah. until then but once uh, i did i didn't I just hear
2: many i didn't hear henry hatsworth in the list of puzzle I games i not
0: played that one so i might have to look it's for so that at too many games
2: <laughs> yeah let me, I, that game i don't think did too well but the game yeah was amazing. yeah so. All yeah. right. Um,
1: well, my number two, and I'm, I'm going to cheat a little here, which I think is fine because Andre has two whole separate lists. So I think <laughs> I'm going to, I'm okay cheating and fudging it a little bit here. So I'm going to say my number two is the PlayStation 1.5. And, and what I mean by that is if you ask me on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, I might say it's PlayStation 1. Ask me on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd probably say PlayStation 2. They're both such major fixtures in my gaming life. My my history with PlayStation goes back almost as far as my history with Nintendo. I am also a huge PlayStation fan. I've made no secret of that. And I have so... I mean, God, the the time I spent playing PS1 and PS2 throughout my formative years was such... I mean, I can think of so many games. Like, mm-hmm. of course, all the Final Fantasies, like FF7, <laughs> 8, and 9, and Metal Gear Solid. And, you know, that's just, that's just the PS1 days. And you go to the PS2 days, you get got games like Shadow Hearts and... Metal Gear Solid 2 and Final Fantasy X and just so, you know, all the different Mega Man games for both, and I don't know. Jumping Flash. Jumping one Of (laughs) course, Jumping Flash and Parappa the Rapper. And I just, I love PlayStation 1 and 2 so much that you might as well, you know, you ask me on on different days, I'll tell you both. So So number two collectively is that.
2: That is a cheat because you effectively just made a top 4.
1: <laughs> yeah, we but you're you're essentially making a top 6 list kind of. So Uh
2: two different top 3 lists Ash. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Oh well. So there you go. Oh, well. P- so, PS so effectively 1.5. though, effectively though GameCube is your number 4 then. It didn't even make the cut.
1: Uh no, because again, it's we're talking about it could be either be PS1 or but PS2. But no, but These can't things... it can't be
2: you can't have it as you can't have it as your number one, then your number two is another PS4, here's PS4 the other and thing, GameCube, but then the other one that could have been the one ahead of GameCube. No, I see what
1: you're saying, but like going ba- like based on my tweet, like GameCube would also be number two on another day of the week, if you ask me. Like, <laughs> the, it's like for me, my two, three, and four and five, like all kind of just go like switch around daily. Like it's just. I don't oh, now have you're, like now. A, you're bringing the switch into it. I, I know, right? It is. Yeah, totally. But I just, I don't, I don't know. I can't really here, have a strict order for my second through my fifth favorite consoles because they're both. I don't know. Here you go. I, I guess I'm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Here yeah. you go,
0: Ash. PlayStation Two because it has backwards compatibility, so you can play all of them.
1: You know what? Fair enough. There you go. You you just there you go. You made it so easy for me. PS Two because I can <laughs> play PS One on there as well. Derek said nice. yes. Yeah, there it is. So number right, two, well, PS
2: Two. There you go. All right. Well, uh, onto my two lists, which totally aren't cheese. <laughs> um, uh, for at the time my, at the time list, the Super Nintendo is number two. Like, that system was amazing when it came out. Amazing games. Seeing these games. Like, I feel like that is, that's kind of where, like, all the knowledge of the NES area started to, like, solidify. Like, it started to all come together. Like, the NES was a great system as well. But, a lot of lessons were learned during that era, and now we're seeing those lessons come to fruition on the Super Nintendo, complete with much better graphics. So it's an amazing platform, some of the best platformers ever made, RPGs as well, like any number of games, like they're fantastic on the system. It's where Mario Kart got started, which still holds up to me to this day. Uh, yeah, so that's my number two for at the time. As for systems that hold up these days, that's actually GameCube. I think that's probably like the generation you can go back to like, I feel like that's kind of the start of the modern generation mm-hmm. like that system you can go back to and those games still for the most part like hold up they don't look horribly dated, minus the HD resolution. It has the best controller, and you basically, you can remake those games in HD, and they would still hold up for the most part. We saw this with, with Wind Waker already, and I'm sure we'll see this with more games down the line. Um, Yeah, it had fantastic games, uh, Luigi's Mansion. It, it, it had not just fantastic games, it had quirky games, which I really appreciated. It had Pikmin, it had Luigi's Mansion. Like, it, it launched with a three-hour Mario game that didn't even have Mario in it for the most part. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wave Race Blue Storm, the last time we saw that franchise, it might be the last <laughs> time we saw that franchise. And it was fantastic. Uh, F Zero GX, I could go on and on. Great system. Oh, and Resident Evil 4. How could we. Of course, oh, yeah, mean, how could I forget that? that? Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, the definitive version, even of Resident Evil 4, uh, or one of the definitive versions. I guess a Wii one technically would be, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah.
0: Well, my number one is the PlayStation 2. Again, just a hell of a lineup like an amazing lineup just so many great so many great games so many great franchises started uh just uh, just so good if you any any type of game you wanted you were pretty much set there i think the only thing that, that that it didn't have was like a really solid online shooter but at the time i didn't care about that still really don't um so it was all it did good They You have there. a really
2: solid Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> as MGS3,
0: so that's also a, a big... That, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that is the oh, God, best yes, game in the Metal Gear series, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. The other great thing, uh, to me, is just a smart move on Sony. It was a built-in it had a built-in DVD player. even like That got so many people to buy that system just for a DVD player. And they're like, well, might as well get a few games as well. And yeah, I think that probably saved the DVD market or just like, catapulted in it out there. And, again, as I mentioned with Ash, backwards compatibility, so I can play all the great PS1 games as well. So, mm-hmm. there's just so many great ideas. And I think PS2 might have been the first time we got backwards compatibility with a system.
2: I think hmm. so. Yeah, I'll add a Boy. Game Boy, Game Boy, Game Game Boy right.
0: might have done it first. But for, the, for a, a home console, it was definitely the first. And that was an amazing addition. Like, like, yeah, might as well upgrade to the PS2 because I can still play my PS1 games. No? So, yeah. Yeah, that's just True. favorite game. That favors us of all time. So many great titles.
1: Oh, I can see why. I mean, the PS2 really just did have a, a legendary library. And, of course, now that we've brought up Snake Eater, I want to have a podcast just dedicated to talking about that gem, oh, yeah. that genius, genius, <laughs> genius gem of a game. That's probably in my top ten of all time. Snake Eater is just... It's on its own level, frankly. God, I love that game. Anyway, I could talk about that forever. Anyway, my number one, uh, to no one's surprise, is the Gamecom. No, I'm kidding. It's it's the Super (laughs) Nintendo, of course. Um, I the Super Nintendo may forever be my favorite console. I don't know, but I just I can go back to it now just as easily as I, you know, I spent hours upon hours upon hours, days on, on days, playing games on that system as a kid. And it's so easy to go back to now. And many of my favorite games of all time, including my favorite game of all time, Chrono Trigger, is a Super Nintendo game. And I just, I, I love it. There there are so many fantastic games across so many different genres. I, I would say it's definitely, it skews heavily toward platformers and RPGs, for sure. But considering I'm someone who loves platformers and RPGs, that works out for me. And yeah, I have just so much love for the Super Nintendo, and I have a lot of love for the Super Nintendo sound chip, too, which, by the way, was designed by Kaz Hirai from PlayStation, which I always thought was kind of an interesting bit of trivia. But uh, Yeah, designed by
2: Sony. Yeah, yeah designed
1: by Sony. And, uh, no, the, the the Super Nintendo sound chip allowed for video game soundtracks that just blew my mind back then as a kid and still blow my mind today that they were able to get the, the kind of sounds they were out of that chip. So... Super Nintendo, I have so much love for. It may always be my favorite system of all time, but it's easily
2: my number one today. It, yeah, I mean, it elevated music so much for for video games, for home video games at least. Yeah, that's for like, sure. Like I see, I've seen some threads uh, over the past couple of years comparing like um, Genesis and Super Nintendo tracks, and there are a lot of Genesis fans out there. And hey, that's fine. Yeah. But when I listen to those tracks, I'm like, man, there's no comparison for the most part. <laughs> there's some exceptions. No, but yeah. like, Super Nintendo, like those tracks were amazing, and they still hold up to me for the most part. Uh, and like Donkey Kong Country, for instance. Crow oh, Trader. yeah. Like, oh, the music is so good. So,
1: yeah, respect. <laughs> like, I, I don't see how you could seriously, in, at least in my opinion, I don't see how you could seriously argue that the Genesis, on the whole, sounds better than the Super Nintendo, because it doesn't. It's not even close. Some there people are, have, but I know, agree. Like, yeah. There are specific games. like Like, again, the Sonic games, Streets of Rage, there are specific games that, that the Super great. Nintendo yeah. couldn't do in that way that sound
2: amazing. But on the whole, it's not even close. Like, come mm. on. I, I, I think part of it is, like, to me, Genesis games kind of all sound pretty similar. Like, they mm-hmm. all, yeah, they all they all seem to be, I don't know, they, there doesn't seem to be a huge degree of separation between a lot of those games. Yeah. Whereas in Super Nintendo, you did get that separation. Totally. You could do pretty much whatever you wanted because it was sample-based. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, granted, I mean, admittedly, those you know, not all those samples sound amazing these days. Sure. Uh, because they were pretty low bid rate. But I still think that music, on the whole, holds up really well. Mm, yeah, um, and yeah, it really did elevate gaming. So I mean, I
0: could t- totally see the SNES being in my top three if I grew up with it.
2: <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. Well, uh, my number one is the same across both lists, which I don't think will be surprised to anyone who's listened to me at all, and that is the Nintendo 64. I think not only was it my favorite at the time, I think I, I can still go back to those games and have a blast, even if they look admittedly very dated. <laughs> um, Mario 64, I said before, is my favorite game of all time. I still have a blast with it. Uh, granted, uh, thi- I, I'll have to. Look- things might be a little bit different now looking back with Aussie. I don't know. We'll have to see. But also *Ocarina of Time*, like it had really ambitious, like hugely important games for the industry between uh, *Mario*, *Zelda*, and also um, beyond that, like it had a an amazing sequel to *Ocarina of Time* in the form of *Majora's Mask*, which I think actually holds up better than its predecessor. And on top of it all, it was the fun machine. That was its marketing (laughs) slogan, and it held true to that. I still think it's the best local multiplayer system ever made. Uh, and I can still have a blast going back to those games, whether it's Mario Party 1 and 2, or uh, Diddy Kong Racing, um, Super Smash Bros., even on the original, still has oh, yeah. elements mm-hmm. I prefer to be the modern ones to this day. Uh, I still I still love the sound effects in that game. Which oh, yes. they oh, yeah. actually modifies. They so you what's them. funny is, that's a thing. It actually got kind of crapped on by, namely, IGN back in the day, <laughs> because they changed the sound effects from the Japanese one. Because they actually, the Japanese one always had more realistic sound effects, but they yeah. changed it to, like, More action, more like bowling ball sound effects in in the American release. I love that. Like it had just such a punch to it. Um, It felt like yeah, when you feel like when you hear those pins being blown back, like yeah, that's what I (laughs) want to hear. Yeah. And I could yeah, it started the whole Mario Sports line pretty much with Mario Tennis, uh, with Mario Tennis and Mario Golf. Um, I could go on and on. Just tons of great games, and I still have a blast going back to them. Even if granted, they are they are dated in some ways. I can look I can look past that and have a great time still. Banjo-Kazooie, the Rare games. Oh man, such a great platform.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is and I think I think my thing with N64, kind of like what I touched on earlier, was that I love individual games on it, but just as an overall experience, like I still I can't go back to that controller and like not hate it. And <laughs> I just think like the overall experience of the N64 wasn't my favorite, but the absolutely certain individual games were Tastemakers and and they were so important to the industry again Ocarina of Time Mario sixty four Banjo Kazooie it's it's a phenomenal system I just don't know if I yeah like I I I I think I chalk that up more to the individual games than the
2: owning the system itself
0: yeah makes sense
2: that's I mean I I, I yeah I, I I see that he hate the controller but that's really the only element of the system they could rate. Well though, that, right? that and Is also it- <laughs> I,
1: I feel like the early three D era of, of gaming, such as you know, N sixty four and PS one I feel like has aged the the worst visually as well. It has. And so for I sure. do like I do find N sixty four games harder to go back to visually than NES games or Super Nintendo. And and those I don't find hard to go back to at all. I love pixel mm-hmm. graphics. I just feel like early three D graphics have not aged well like pixelated graphics have.
2: I can see that, yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that even. Um some games hold up better than others. I think true. Rare did a really good job for the most part. Banjo like, yeah. The more great.
0: colorful yeah. they made them, the better they looked.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, that's our lists. Uh, I don't know whether they're different or the same from what we said before. Again, <laughs> let us know uh, if we actually did talk about that before. I have no idea. It's been 89 episodes, so it's hard to keep track <laughs> of everything at this point. But, uh, yeah, that is episode 89 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to, and just repeat, repeat it, uh, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, it is just $1 a month. Get these podcasts three days early, usually every Friday, and, uh, offer up topics like the ones we just had here. So, yeah, next week, uh, episode 90, we are fastly approaching the, uh, uh, hundredth episode so yeah that's crazy
1: we're closing in it is crazy
0: yeah all right so yeah catch you guys next time bye